Hey guys, Paul Reddick here. Welcome back to another edition of Baseball Dads Podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk about what do you do with a player that exhibits poor behavior, um, has a bad attitude, or doesn't want to hear it from their coach. And maybe if they strike out, or they make an error, or the team loses, or things don't go their way, um, they they can't handle it. And they don't want to take any advice from the coach, and they just kind of shut down, and, and it's, it's not a good situation. And how do we communicate and break through with that type of player even if that player might be your son, which is certainly a father-son issue that we uh, we can we can help you with here. Um, before we get into that, I want to invite you to talk with me live. You guys send so many questions in; it's awesome. You guys send in uh, requests for you know advice and all kinds of questions. And quite honestly, it's easier for me just to pick up the phone and talk to you for ten or fifteen minutes than it is to to respond via email. And I think you'll get a better response uh, via phone anyway. Um, so what we've done, if you go to 567dad.com. You'll see a new page there. And we've set up actually a way where you can set up a call to talk live with me. Um, and during like, you know, a 10 or 15 minute call, I can pretty much answer any baseball question that you have. We have a process that we could take you through to help you get clarity as well um, on how to help your son navigate this game of baseball that we are all uh, trying our best to get through these days. And, you know, there's no strings attached, no funny business. This is just our way of um, connecting with this community that has been so unbelievable to us. So go to 567dad.com and you can set up a time. If you click on the big green phone button, you can it'll take you to my scheduler and you can set up a time there. Also go to Amazon and pick up the 567dad baseball edition book, uh, which is uh, really, I'm just really just so uh, grateful to everyone who has picked up that book. Thank you very much. Mandatory reading if you have a son playing baseball this year. So um, let me tell you how we got on this topic. So uh, we screwed up. We had a, we had a, a, a pretty big business screw up um, last week. And, you know, we deal with a, a large number of customers in our, in, in our Reddick baseball business. And um, we've been blessed in that way. And just, but every once in a while we screw up. Every once in a while, you know, one just gets through the wickets. We swing at a bad pitch. Uh, we make a mistake, and we did. So there was a few customers that that um, we just we had made a mistake, and we did not serve them to the level that which we want to serve our customers. So when that happens, my assistant Lori um, usually sends me that customer uh, to reach out to that customer to um, to help rectify the situation, um, offer whatever we can. However. Good business wants to do business just to take care of our client. So um, on Friday, I was speaking at Jeff Cavalier's Athlean X program. Jeff wrote the Major League Insider Training, and we collaborated on Load to Explode together. Now Jeff has this massive fitness empire, which is awesome at Athlean X. Um, and so he had his big event, and I was speaking there. And on the way home, it rerouted me through New York City uh, at four o'clock on a Friday afternoon in June when it was about 80 degrees. So I don't know if you know what that's like, but if you've ever stood still for long periods of time, that's what it's like. So you're facing like the city traffic plus the Jersey Shore traffic. And it's so it took me about five hours to get home. So I thought, what a great time to reach out to the customers, you know, and that's why I have some time to spend with them. And so I called the customers that we had to and, and, and got into a great conversation with a dad who was also coaching a tournament team. And, and we went through a bunch of stuff, but he came to this question is how do you deal with a kid who just has that attitude, right? We, we, we see it and, and, and he said it great. You know, he said, there's, there's usually one on every team. You know, there's one kid on every team that either you can't reach, you can't break through, um, his behavior's out of line, his attitude's not good, he doesn't want any coaching, and he kind of pushes all that away. So how do you handle that? So I, I have I have 
really a counterintuitive way to handle that. Before we get into that, the first thing you have to check, right? Is there something wrong outside of the game for this kid? Is there unnecessary pressure put on this kid? Is there a bad situation at home? Um, because, because let's face it, that, that's that's possible, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's just possible. Um, and we have to check that first. And the reason why we have to check that as coaches, we are a, an incredibly powerful male role model in our players' lives. And so we have to make sure that that player is not just taken care of on the field, but if there is an issue that is at home, not to say that we can solve the issue or, or, or you know, we should inter, even intervene in the issue, but just being aware if that there is an issue, it, could, it, it will change the way how we, treat with, how we treat players. So first, check that first. So in this conversation, um, this coach asked me, like, how do I handle this? I can't seem to break through with this kid. And now, if you scroll back in, in the years of, of uh, Baseball Dads podcast, we have a video called Uncoachable. And uncoachable is a label that is very dangerous for players. When we call a player, that player is uncoachable. Because what we are really saying is that in this world, we don't have the ability. We are unable to coach that person. And what that means is that and coaches use it in a negative way, but I'm going to show you that it, it could be a very positive way, especially the way this coach used it, which I just love the way he the way he broached this subject. But when we say a kid is uncoachable, we're, te- we're, we're thinking that there's something wrong with him, right? Now, like I said, maybe there is something wrong at home, right? But, but no kid is uncoachable, but there are kids that we are unable to coach. Now, that's a harder thing is to turn around and look in the mirror and say, we are unable to coach that player. Now, that is talking about our skills, our abilities as coaches, that whatever box we have where all that fits into the box, what is our ability to coach that player? And this coach, in the best possible way, in the most positive possible way, was saying, I'm unable to coach this kid. How can I break through? Which, if you want to have a a phone conversation with me and you start off the conversation with Paul I'm unable to coach these kids and I want to help them and they're on my team and I want to reach them and I don't care if it's reaching them on an attitude or reaching them on how to throw a change up I, I don't care if you're telling me you're unable to coach the kid and you're approaching it from that positivity that it's me that's unable and I want to increase who I am as a coach or who I am as a father man I'm your guy I mean I am a coach by nature and if you show me a void I will fill it I can't help myself. But if we're going to label a kid uncoachable, well, it's still about us, but we're just making it about them. So here's the advice that I gave to this this, this uh, coach who's got a kid who throws the helmet, gets pissed off, gets angry, um, acts out, and then when you try and coach him, doesn't want to hear it. So it's very hard to reach a player like that. And oftentimes we make the mistake of we're trying to reach that player through force. Right, that we try and discipline that player and say, if you act like this or you behave like, you know, and we try and kind of put them in a role and we try and make them fit into a mold. Now, that's a huge mistake because what you're doing is you're going to ask that player to suppress his anger and suppress his emotions and suppress whatever he's feeling. Now, we all know what happens. Two things happen when when um, emotions and all that and anger are suppressed. Either one, it turns into depression, it turns inward, or it turns outward into rage. And then you're going to have a kid who's going to suppress it long enough, he's going to explode one day. He's going to go into a a bigger fit, right? You certainly don't want kids spiraling off into depression. Before we talk about the solution, there's attitude and then there's behavior, okay? So a player can have any attitude they want. If the player wants to be upset, you could be upset. 
If you want to be depressed, you could be depressed. And if you want to be angry, you could be angry. Um, but your behavior, now that's a team, that's a value of the team. So if you want to um, discipline a player for poor behavior, throwing a helmet, popping off at an umpire, not hustling, whatever it is, right? Those are values that you are now going to discipline that player on. But if you're going to discipline a player based on behavior, you have to set a framework for exactly what is behavior. And coaches who are just starting out, this is an ongoing manual that you may have to add to every year as situations come up, right? There's the obvious things, but you may want to add to that every time a situation comes up, continue to expand on what is acceptable behavior, right? Because there's another team, there's other players, there's umpires, other coaches, there's fans, right? There's a behavior standard. So how are we going to approach that player uh, once we address that the behavior is unacceptable? So I give this guy the advice that, you know what, when the kid is so fired up and he's so ready to go and he's so amped and he's so angry and he's so pissed off and he's so upset, you should approach him differently and say, you know, you must really want to win. You must want to win and you must want to play well more than anything. I mean, you must really, really, really want to play well out there. I know because when you feel that you aren't, it makes you upset, doesn't it? Now, you can play around with those words however you want, but the structure is this. It's figuring out why he's angry, upset, or pissed off, right? He's angry, upset, pissed off because things didn't go his way. And why do things not going his way make him that way? Because he has an expectation of how he should play. Now, maybe that expectation is too high, right? Now, that, that's a coaching moment, right? That takes place over time. But if you want to have that conversation of where his expectation should be, you have to be in dialogue and conversation with that player. And to open up dialogue and conversation with that player, you have to, ha you have, to have it. You have to communicate. Meet him with what you see as a negative thing as a positive thing. Even if a player threw his helmet. Now, let me just say this you're not listening to a guy who did this all the time. Okay. You're listening to a guy who probably 80% of his coaching career went the other way and met those players with force discipline and, you know, punishment. It took me a while to get this. So if, even if a player does throw his helmet now, maybe he is out of the game and maybe he's benched or whatever that rule is, but going over to him and yelling at him, for throwing the helmet again it's just going to have him suppress anger or or go into depression or, or rage later on so maybe you go over to him and say look you know that you're out of the game now because you threw your helmet right because we define this as a rule so because of your behavior there is a punishment for that there is a there is a yeah there's a, there's a price to pay for that but let me talk to you about it like I, you wanted to get a hit so bad there didn't you or you had that pitch didn't you you just missed it Right or that umpire called that pitch a a, a, a strike, and you th you definitely thought it was a ball. I could tell you thought it was a ball. Even I thought it was a ball. Right, and that's why you're upset. Yeah, I, you must that that at bat really must have meant something to you, didn't it? Yeah. Why? Tell me why. Or you know you 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 popped off at the umpire. That is completely unacceptable. So you're gonna you're gonna have to sit out this game in the next game. So that that you know that we agreed on that in the beginning of the year, right? You understand that. But you 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 must be like really determined for this team to be successful this year and to you to contribute at a high level, aren't you? Yeah, because you know it seemed like a pretty 
mild situation there and you really got upset about it. You, you must really be feeling the heat to try and win. I could go on and on with dialogues and I think you get the picture. But first is, is whatever, if you have to dole out a punishment, just do that based on the values. You can't dole out a punishment that you don't put in writing first with the team. So, and, and your punishments always have to be consistent. Um, but the first thing you want to do is acknowledge what he's feeling. Acknowledge his anger, his frustration, and acknowledge that he's, and what he's angry at. He's angry that he didn't get a hit, that he had a bad call or whatever it is. And then, then connect that anger back to a positive thing that he really wants to win. Let's say there is something going on. Let's say there is incredible pressure on this kid or there's something going on outside the game. You opening that dialogue and finding out a positive thing in him, will, he will, you will be maybe the one person that understands him or understands that pressure. The other thing too is now you're articulating what he may think is a negative thing or a negative situation. And you're trying to say like, look, I see this positive quality in you. And, and I understand that you're acting out because you want kind of the same thing that I want. You want the team to be successful and you want to be successful. I want the team to be successful and you to be successful too. But now once you have that dialogue opened, now it's the opportunity where you can coach him and you could say, hey, you know what, Joey, uh, that fire, I respect it. And I've got that same fire too. And, and I'd be willing to continue to work with you to keep that fire between the lines and to keep it channeled in a positive way. And when you're ready to work on that, we're, you know, we're ready to, or how about we take 10 minutes at practice and we talk, or how about you and I tend to spend 15 minutes in the cage after the game. And, and we work on channeling that a little bit and using it as a positive rather than a negative. So step one, um, if there's a, if there's a, if there's a punishment, if there's a discipline, dole that out according to what you have a written agreement with the players with. If you don't have a written agreement, write one tonight and get your, get all your players on the same page. Post it in the dugout. Number two, I mean, if that's if that's the issue, and then one A would be um, acknowledge the feeling. Acknowledge the feeling. Connect the feeling back to what happened. I see you're angry. Because you got a, a, a bad call, third strike, and then connect the situation back to an outcome that he wants in a positive way. You must have really wanted to get a hit there. That's the way to turn an uncoachable kid. That is a that is a tool in your toolbox right now, a, a dialogue tool that now widens the box of your coaching ability. So now you are able to coach a player that loses control, gets angry, or gets upset. Simple as that. I mean, it really is. And this is, this is how coaching works, is that we continually add tools, ways to communicate with our players, um, and ways to expand our ability to coach. The more that we expand our ability to coach, the, more that we will, we, the less we will meet uncoachable kids. Um, so that wraps it up for today. I have a feeling this one's going to get a lot of questions and comments, and it'll be a source to set up a lot of times to have calls, and that would be awesome. Um, just remember too, as a little side note, um, as coaches, uh, our players mimic what we do. Where the head goes, the body flows, right? Take a good look at how we're responding, you know, in, in situations. You know, our players are going to match us. And as we kind of toe that line of what is maybe acceptable, unacceptable, our players will do that too. 
So if we keep our cool about us and we stay focused and we keep our eyes on the bigger picture of developing young men, fathers, husbands, and leaders of tomorrow, um, so will our players and they will follow our lead. Um, now, like a sub question I get on it is what happens if it continues? Um, you continue to apply coaching. So I look at a team um, as these these are the players that they, they are under your care, under your guidance. What would you what would you do if a player couldn't find the strike zone? A couple things, right? You would continue to work with them if they couldn't find the strike zone. Um, and if they continually couldn't find the strike zone, they may have to find another another position, right? So a player that continually acts out, you're, you're going to work with him. If he continues to act out in that way, he might have to find a, a position on the bench. He may have to lose some playing time. So, But you continue to apply coaching to a player that continually acts out. Is there a line and is there a limit? Yeah, of course. Of course there is. But there's a lot of steps before that. And I feel like so many times I get communications from coaches where they rush to that final step to kick a kid off the team or whatever before they explored all the steps. So let me give you one last scenario. I know I was going to wrap up, but so let's say you have a kid who's an ongoing problem and you've coached him and you've worked with him and you, and it continues to be a problem, you know, and now what you might want to do is when you go to address it with the parents, which situation would you rather be in a situation where you say, Hey, you know what? We've been coaching Johnny through this for the last few weeks. We've had, we know how much he wants to win. We know his desire to win is strong. So is ours. Um, but what, what we're concerned about is how hard he's taking it. And we've done these five steps to try and get it under control. It continues to be a problem. So what we'd like to do is explore some options with you, the parents on how we can, you know, how we can handle this situation. Now, then it's up to the parents. Right? It's up to the parents to collaborate with you and to do whatever they feel is, is, is necessary. But what you don't want to do is Johnny's acting up. He's throwing his helmet. He gets pissed off. He's off the team. Or if he doesn't clear this up in the next two games, he's going to be off the team. Well, that's a surefire way to start a drama, to start chaos, and to start some social media you know, firestorm uh, in you know, back, uh, back of the of the backstop gossiping going. That's the way to, to generate anger and to, and to isolate those people from you. Okay. So it's better that you do your due diligence as a coach. And then when you approach the parents, you approach them after you've done the five, 10, 15 steps and nothing has worked. Now you're approaching the parents with, Hey, we've been trying on this. This is not just something that we haven't been trying. We've been trying to coach him. And what we're saying is right now, we don't have the ability to continue to coach him if his behavior continues this way and and then it's up to the parents and maybe they have to have a little um you know look in the mirror maybe they're putting too much pressure on their kid or maybe there's an issue at home i don't know um uh or maybe there's just some a behavioral issue you know that that could be some a lot of other things that we know about today um that that can be addressed you know so um we always say that the game our fathers played and the game we played were very different and it was handled very easily with us if there was an attitude problem you know the coach benched us the coach pulled us out of the game and if that happened our fathers uh yelled at us and told us to listen to the coach and you know unfortunately our kids are not playing in the same game that us and our fathers played it's different that the advice and the discipline that our coaches and fathers gave to us and their fathers gave coaches gave to them is not going to work on today's modern day player we have to approach them in a different way we have to approach them with more ability to coach. If you have a situation like that, um, email it to me or set up a call. Um, you can email it to me at 567pitcher at gmail, 567pitcher at gmail.com. That goes right to my computer. Um, 
And uh, also, go to 567dad.com. You can set up a time for us to talk and to solve any baseball issues that you're working with. And please head on over to, to Amazon, pick up the, five, the 567 Dad Baseball Edition book. So, guys, until next week, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Love you guys. Man, what a, what a, what a treat it is to serve this community. And I look forward to it every week. So, thank you guys, and I'll see you next week. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for baseball dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to baseballdadsbook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.